odd deuces, wild bitches! Woo! Girls, what's up? What's up? A thrill, man. Special occasion tonight. The Hall of Fame announcement. So I decided to pull out the glittery freaking sparkles for the show. I see that. And you are styling and profiling, big boy. Question for you, though. I mean, as we examine my outfit. So did I show this to you last week? I don't think I did. No. This This was a gift that my daughter, my middle daughter, Callie, gave her older sister and younger brother, and she calls them the sibling necklaces. And so I'll get close to the camera here. I'm going to pull the light over and hopefully, hopefully you can see it. Yeah, I see what you got. I see what you got, like a stick figure guy. Do you see the double middle finger? Yeah. That's a Burns right there. That's how you roll. That's how you I'm roll. So, I'm so proud of her. When she did that, I'm like, Callie, you know what your father's heart. And my mom didn't appreciate it very much, right? You know, Grammy's a little of the old school when you said the word fuck, you thought about, uh, you know, a sexual connotation or something. Where, uh, you know what this means? Us against the world, baby. <laughs> Unity, togetherness. Unbelievable. You, you're, you're a crazy man. You are. All right. Hey, before we get into the Hall of Fame induction announcement, let's remember that if you want to lay action on future Hall of Famers, you want to lay action on baseball, football, basketball, whatever, it doesn't matter. Go to Bet Online. They will have all the up to date news, odds, scores, and predictions. They actually gave me a script to read thrill, but eh, I'm not too keen about it. I think I can do my shit better. So on that note, get 50% off your welcome bonus by going to bet online and type in the promo code believe capital B L E A V. And that right there is where the action starts bet online. For all the degenerate gamblers, including myself. What's up, definitely, dude? Definitely yourself. And I broke out a, a few hundies for you last show. I ain't breaking out nothing for you this show. Sorry. Bro, that wasn't a fucking few hundies. I mean, that was stacks and stacks. Ah, that and was, stacks. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Hey, uh, you you have the, the unbelievable glittery... You know, showing the chest, you know, just ripped, you know, like you are. And I am going with the representing of my camo company, Muddy Water, uh, orange no filter hat because you have to wear orange in the woods. And we are on the downslope of the hunting season here. So that's where my outfit came from today. So there you go. Has it warmed up down there in the south? It has. We were butt-ass cold last week, and today was 75 and it's raining outside right now, so same same craziness. Just all a right. great, great chance to get sick. That's all it is. All right. The baseball writers have spoken, and this year they've elected three members to the Hall of Fame. Now, I, I mean, dude, one was a no-brainer. Without a shout 
Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre, without a shout. Yeah, all the credentials. We talked about that last year, 3,000 hits, automatic, plus the tenure and everything. He's in there. All right, numero deuce. This is my guy. You and I were pulling for him. Todd Helton. Todd Helton, another first sacker. You know, uh, Mr. Colorado Rocky. And, uh, you know, what a what a great dude. What a great ball player. Spent his whole career in Colorado. And, uh, you know, he, he definitely deserves everything. And number three is? Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer, who kind of surprised you and I. Um, we thought, and kind of we still think, believe it or not, because we talked about it before the show, we thought that maybe – Billy Wagner might have a little bit better case than Joe Maurer. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think they're really different players, obviously. Unfortunately, Wagner fell just short. 73.8%. Dude, he was five votes shy. Maurer finished at 76.1%, and he made it by just four votes. Helton was at 79.7%, and Beltre, 95.1%. All the... How how Beltre Beltre can't be unanimous is beyond me. I mean, that just shows you how freaking... I already talked about it already. It's a sore subject with me, these freaking moron writers. How the hell they can't do it, right? I mean, come on. You got 400 of you meatheads. You can't give Billy Wagner five more votes? Come on, dipshits. Slugger Gary Sheffield, 63.9%, was not able to get to the 75% number on his 10th and final try. He will be falling off the ballot. But two other players, Andrew Jones, 61.6%, and Carlos Beltran, 57%. 0.1% on his second ballot finished above 50% continuing to build support that could eventually get them in on future ballots. I think Andrew Jones eventually does get in, but look, first dude out in in and off the ballot thrill is a guy that we talked about a little bit last week and that's Gary Sheffield. Ah that motherfucker's a badass. Like, he dude. was one of the baddest yeah, he's, dudes he's, to ever play the game. Told you. Yeah, I already told you. I mean, he's a freaking beast, dude. And, uh, you know, now it falls on the Veterans Committee. Uh, he's got a lot of love on the Veterans Committee. It's a lot of uh, guys who played in his era. So keep your fingers crossed. Veterans Committee votes in uh, Gary Sheffield. Okay, let's start with Adrian Beltre, and then we'll work down. Are there any personal stories that you have about Beltre run-ins? Any connection there? I got to imagine there is with Helton. But what yeah, about well, Beltre? I mean, you know, Helton. Helton's a piece of cake. You know, I mean, he and I, you know, first baseman, and you know, bumped into him all the time. He was a former University of Tennessee quarterback, big hunter. So he and I always, you know, touch base during the offseason. Uh, great guy. You know, as far as Adrian Beltre go. I really didn't know him till he got to Texas, and then uh, I ran into him a bunch uh, when I went over there and did appearances for the Rangers and stuff like that. Good dude, 
and, you know, really respected the game. And, and I, I liked him. And without a shout, he's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, dude. It, it just – I really Plus, enjoyed nobody ever talks about he paid, he played gold glove third base too. Nobody ever says anything First about base, that. Yeah, yeah. No, he was legit, man. Oh, he definitely one of the better players you know that I ever played against. One of the best hitters. I told Biscuit that because he pointed to Beltray and he goes, "Yeah, you know, I I know I know that guy." And then he points over to. Joe Mauer, he goes, I know that guy. So in his lifetime, I mean, basically he watched both of these guys play, but he points to Todd Helton and he's like, I don't know who that is. I go, dude, <laughs> that's like one of my teammates, bro. He's like, yeah, but you're old. I'm like, come on, man. Seriously. So I had, I told him, I said, and I, I, I want to know if you'd agree with this statement. I said, of the three guys that just got inducted, overall, the best pure hitter was Todd Elton. By far. Right? By far, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, just could flat out hit, had a nice swing, uh, made contact, didn't strike out a lot, walked a bunch. Um, you know, he, he was uh, – he was a joy to watch, a joy to play against, you know, and then you had, you know, like Adrian Beltre on the flip side of things, you know, he'd swing and go down to a knee and I mean, just take some of the ugliest hacks in the world and then just, just rake one. So uh, yeah, but Todd, Todd uh, definitely had a, had a pretty swing, you know, he's another lefty. So, you know, he falls into that category of guys from the left side are a little bit smoother and not herky jerky and stuff like yeah. that. So. Now what about Maurer? Because we talked about Maurer and we were looking at the numbers together before we came on here. And, like, dude, like, you were a better offensive player than Joe Maurer was, yet you're not in the fucking Hall of Fame and Joe Maurer's a first ballot? Yeah. Why? Because yeah. he's a catcher? Yeah, I guess. You Bullshit. Know, I mean, you know, he's got, you know, he, <laughs> whatever. I mean, it is whatever it is, you know. Like I told you, I can rant rave all day long, you know, but. You know, more homers, more RBIs, uh, more at-bats, um, played more games, you know, all that sort of stuff, all of the above. But, you know, he's the first ballot guy. So, who knows? Maybe they like the the catchers, you know, and, and you know, he's another one of those nice guys. He didn't ruffle anybody's feathers. And I, Look, I like Joe Maurer. I, I think he's a whole yeah, I like Joe, too. It's, I like Joe too. it's yeah. not against him. It, no. It's just that I, it's, it's incredible – how easy or how not easy. It, All right, let me, let me tell you this. All right. Guys this, is, this, is, this is when when we're talking about stuff like this, this is what pops in my brain. All right. If I was a pitcher and had to face Joe Maurer or I was a hitter and had to face Billy Wagner, I'd take Maurer because I'd just pitch him away, play him away, let him hit a little single or whatever. Billy Wagner is going to make you look like you're a dumbass up there. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I was thinking as, as far as that voting went. Speaking so, of which, does Wagner have another year on the ballot? I think he does. Yeah. Well, he should be a shoe in next year. If they don't let him in, if they don't let him in, you and I will, we will bury those media guys next his, year. Yeah. His last chance 
is next is year? 2025. Right. So that officially is next year. Like you said about the Sheffield thing, hopefully the writers, or excuse me, the, not the writers, but the Veterans Committee will honor and respect that. The issue it has really been, you know, with, with, with this, is that the Veterans Committee, they're slow to let guys in too, man. Yeah. They don't. They, they got their exclusive club, and yeah. they're like, why do we want to dilute it? Yeah, no, and I mean they which they is let, I mean they let one guy in this year. They let Jim Leland, which definitely should have happened. I mean, Jimmy Leland's one of the best managers ever. But you mean to tell me in that whole pool of former players, they couldn't pick one player out? Come on, dude. Yeah, it's it's pretty stupid. So they you know, they do it by different eras, right? And then you had to have come so close. What was it about three, four years ago when they put Harold Baines in? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that like, was... there's no way just because the same sort of thing. That's a DH. You match up the numbers with him just basically all across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Him and him and, uh, and Edgar Martinez, same thing. But, you know, I mean, I, I had one year where I was close because you got to get, I don't know. You got to get uh, three quarters of the vote. So I think you got to get 16 out of 20. And I had either 10 or 11. One of that. So anyway. Oh, really? But hey, look, it is what it is. The numbers on the side of the stadium. And that's all that matters to me. And oh, you were there yeah. to witness that. Yeah. So there we go. All right. I'm going to run down the guys, Thrill. Just start to finish. And then we can move on and we can talk about the few of the, you know, some of the current things going on to couple of relievers got signed, Hader and the, or all this Chapman as well. But here they are. And I'm going to start with Adrian Beltre up top, 95% of the vote. Todd Helton, 79%. Joe Maurer, 76%. And those are your Hall of Famers. After that, it was Billy Wagner, 73%. Just missed. Gary Sheffield, 63%. Andrew Jones at 61%. Carlos Beltran, 57. This one's interesting because I don't think he moved that much, if at all. Alex Rodriguez, 34.8%. Manny Ramirez, 32.5%. Chase Utley, we were having a discussion about him. Yeah. He, his first year on the ballot, he gets just 111 votes. That's 28.8%. Now, this is a tip, typical guy that he'll probably get in as like seventh, eighth, ninth year, right? Because that 28% will go to 38, to 48, to 58, to 68, to 78, and eventually get in. But uh, if you were to ask me who I thought the more impactful player was in his career, Chase Utley or Joe Maurer, I would have told you Chase fucking Utley. Uh, you and I talked about that, yeah, so... Yeah, we already talked about that. We had the big discussion about it, so I get it. I get what you're saying. So, Omar Vizquel, seventeen percent. Bobby Abreu sticking around with fourteen percent. Jimmy Rollins, a former MVP, he got fourteen percent. Andy Pettit, thirteen percent. Mark Burley, eight point three percent. K Rod. 7.8%. I mean, look, this is a guy 
who for a short period of time was the nastiest reliever in yeah. baseball. And yeah. not even close. Yeah. Tory Hunter, 7.3%. And then Mr. Met, David Wright, cashes in at 6.2%. For a while there, didn't seem like David Wright was going to be a sure fire Hall of Famer. You know what? They were building him up to be that way. And then, you know, he had a little bit of everything. I mean, he had injuries and bad seasons and shit happens. Moving west. It happens. You know, look, part of the process real. And by the way, I just had one of these verge um, cannabis, lemon, honey, ginger shots. I was in Mexico this past week. It's my throat's a little worn out from all the tequila coffee tequila coffee tequila coffee combination for four straight days yeah so um, let's chunk some cannabis in there that'll help it out oh yeah that's exactly that's exactly what we need Drill. come on <laughs> go to tryverge.com see my good hey, story over there hey jack daniels right back at you jack don't don't jump off the horse jump back on the saddle baby jump back in the saddle okay so then you had jose bautista with the greatest bat flip in the history of bat flips, uh, former teammate of mine in Lise. Good for him. He got six votes, 1.6%. Victor Martinez, six votes, 1.6%. How about Bartolo fucking Cologne, man? You're telling me he didn't get any more than five votes? Unbelievable. Dude. Yeah, he played, what did he play? He played 24 years or something silly like that. Bartolo Cologne needs to be in the fucking Hall of Fame. And if you're a sports writer and you don't recognize that, you got problems, man. Hey, hey, Bartolo Cologne was bigger than most of the sports writers, and he could still deal. They better look out or he's going to eat them. Dude, did you see he's playing over in, like, I don't know, says some league uh, in the Middle East? Maybe it's in Dubai, but they started a new league and he's still pitching. <laughs> Does that not surprise me? No, I do not. That doesn't right. surprise me at all. Bro, I, but that's that's the beauty of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Here's a couple other guys. How about Matt Holiday? He gets four votes. Good for him. He deserves those votes. That dude was a fucking beast. He was when a he beast. Was he was on, a beast. When he was on and healthy, I mean, yeah. just a feared, feared at bat. As much pop. As anyone I played with or against, and he did it all natural the whole time. By far. And and you know, to bring up the you know, the the who's who's better and who's more worthy and stuff like that, I would say if you if you had me say something about Tory Hunter or Matt Holiday, uh I'm gonna take Matt Holiday every day of the week and but yet Tory Hunter makes it above the five percent mark. Yes, he does. So uh to round it out. Adrian Gonzalez got three votes. Eh, he was always a dick to me when I was on the field. So <laughs> I, I don't I, look. I don't wish any ill will upon him. I'm just not going to feel sad for him that he only got three votes. He was hey. an incredible left-handed hitter, though. Yeah, holy he could, shit. He could, he could, he could, he could rake a little bit. He could rake he, a little bit, but he's a Dodger. Fucking yeah. See ya. He, and he could he could pick it over at first base too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Jose Reyes. I'm kind of sad about this. Zero votes. You're, I mean, do we have any Dominican sports writers in there? <laughs> Evidently That's not. Bullshit. Evidently not. 
or, or if we did, like, I feel like Jose Reyes is a guy that should get a vote. I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's a guy that, get, you know, he was fun to watch. He was electric. Yeah, he played. He played some uh, some decent baseball. He had some he had some fun out there. Everybody laughed and giggled with him. So he's kind of like a poor man's Francisco Lindor. There you go. There um, you go. James Shields, good old James Shields, the last guy uh, with zero votes and zero percent. So sorry, James. Well, good for him just making it onto the ballot. Uh, any, any any final thoughts on this real before we move on? You know what we 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 talked about it. You know, I mean, the there needs to be a change in the voting criteria. Um, it definitely doesn't need to be four hundred sports writers voting on this. It needs to be just active sports writers. That's first off. Second off is need to get players involved in it. Players know what the hell goes on. And uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, the sports writers, they got a lot of it right, and then they got some of it wrong. So, as usual, because I call them out whenever I can, they can kiss my ass. I love it, dude. So, let's solve You know what I do? You know what I do? No shit. No shit. And this is what probably pissed them off. This is what probably pissed them off when I was playing is, you know, I would actually go back through, and I would read some of their articles, and I would, like – Tell them the next day, you know, when they came in the clubhouse, hey, uh, you put a semicolon there. It should have been a comma, and you put an exclamation point there, but it should have been a parentheses. And I would, like, critique their their punctuation. And <laughs> and they were like, you're a dick. And I go, that just goes to show you that I can do your job because I'm educated, but you can't fucking do my job because <laughs> you got no talent. Oh, man. It, you know what's funny? I wonder how contentious now the relationships are between players and sports writers because there's more coverage now than ever. And I did see an article just recently about somebody calling out one of the analysts at ESPN who had brought, called out Brock Purdy for being a system quarterback or whatever. And I think... It's probably more under the realm of when a former player disses a current one, you know, then the the teammate gets the back and everything else. Uh, You know, back in the day, there was fucking, like, not a lot of writers, right? You had the Chronicle, the Examiner. uh, I don't know. Yeah, but here's here's another thing. Those guys would come into clubhouse, right? And you would have some lively discussions with them. I mean, there's a lot of times where you just sit there talking shop and then there's, there's sometimes where you're going to have a banter back and forth about, you know, what about this guy? What about that guy? You know, he should have been in this position. He should not have been in the, in this position. Now I watch the media that comes in and, and deals with the players and it's just straight ask a few questions and then leave out because they got to go do something. And there is no relationship in between the player and the sports writer now, like there was back then. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that. And I think it started in COVID when they stopped hanging around the locker room. But yeah. Probably, then again, Phil, right. I got to be totally honest. What the fuck are they doing hanging around the locker room anyway? But you know what? 
they used to hang around the locker room all the time and just, you know, eyeball people. Now they hang around the locker room. I have no idea what the hell they're doing. I swear to God. I mean, I'll walk up to them and I go, who are you here to interview? And they go, uh, and they, you can just see it's nobody. It's like, so why are you standing here? For what reason are you standing here? Go back up to the press box if you ain't got shit to do. So anyway, that's my that's my two two minutes on the uh, the the meatheads in the press corps. So I got along really well with them. I it was just kind of a relationship where they'd hang out. I was there early, and I just I you know I talked to them. But I also you know it was Susan Slusser. That that that's who was. And with, Susan's uh, still around. Susan yeah, comes yeah, in the us all the time. Bro, we, she, she's now covering the Giants. We had Susan on the show. Susan's great. Uh, you know, then there was Steve Gilbert, Jack Magruder in Arizona. <clears throat> and you'd see these guys around. The ones you got to look out for are the ones that come in and they do the quick hitters. The, and I, I not, you know, look, he's never crossed me or anything else. But when Bob Nightingale's sniffing around. Yeah. <laughs> Right, like like they're coming in for a piece, and he's coming in for something juicy. And if it's not juicy, he's not interested. That's so, right. That's right. You, you gotta don't be- worry. I've told I've told Bob that too. I'm like, I'm like, you're only here because you know he wasn't a he wasn't a Giants writer. So yeah. whenever Nightingale showed up, it's like, why is he here? And it's like, what are you here for? And he's like, uh, uh, uh you know. And he would always him and haw, and I'm like, dude. I said, there has to be an ulterior motive. You just don't show up in San Francisco for no apparent reason. So I'm with you. I'm definitely with you. And then there's some of the there's some of the guys who are on the outside, you know, especially the East Coast dudes. Uh, one guy that I can't stand, and, you know, you and I have talked about it before, is Verducci, Tom Verducci. I can't stand that prick. So fuck you, Tom. There you go. <laughs> We're not. Don't worry. We're not putting that on. So I'm gonna Thank you. you. I'm going to save, on there. I'm gonna save yeah. you from your. I'm going to save you from yourself. There's no need. It's a, look. I know Tom. I've worked with Tom. I, I look. I, I'm not. I've always gotten along well with Tom. It we, we, we're working relationship, but everybody has their take on people and and, and what they've dealt with. And you know, I'm sure from a media perspective. You know, you dealt with a lot more than I had to. I mean, my yeah. my my yeah. whole thing was this: Hey, look, if if one of them can, you know, I, help me a little bit and say some positive things that I don't know, at least they could help get the fans on my side. And I was always yeah. trying to press for well, more more playing time. But there's not. I don't my know. My big my big thing is coming up in the '80s and '90s was talking about the game and. The sports writers, especially in the 70s and 80s, they knew the game. And then you had this whole new crop of sports writers that came out that had no idea about the game, and they want to talk about how much money you make, what kind of car you drive, uh, what girl you dating, you know I mean, stuff like that. That's all they want to talk about. They want to create shit. And those are the ones that really pissed me off. And, uh, you know – those are the ones that uh, I hammered on an everyday basis. So, with all right, hey, uh, there's well, more we, of that well, now than ever. Yeah, no, no, there I agree. Is. All right, so uh, little uh, bad news here. Um, 
You and I talked about it before the show. Matter of fact, Trey uh, made sure I knew about it. Mr. Ryan Sandberg, one of my protégés, um, came down with uh, prostate cancer. I don't know in what uh, stage he's in, but I know that, you know, in the post it said he's going to be fighting it pretty hard. So uh, good luck to Ryan with that. You know, class act, Hall of Famer with the Cubs. Was Mr. Cub for a very long time. And, uh, you know, best of luck there. If nothing else, Thrill, I think it's a reminder for all of us to get our shit checked. Whether yeah. it's your colon, yeah. your prostate, like it, all of it. Like it's one of those things that you don't, we don't talk about enough. It, it Honestly, I saw it this morning. And as soon as I saw it, I said, I got to go to Dr. Lee. Like I, yeah. I haven't, it's been a few yeah. years since I've been actually into the doctor's office and getting the, out in the blood work and all the tests and everything else. Right. Dude, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's well, so. Here's one. Here's one for you. All right. And since since you know you're kind of along those lines, um, you know, I not only uh, get tested every six months, but then I also give blood, and uh, I make sure that when I do give blood, I tell them check my PSA levels because I want to report. Yeah. And you know, I mean that that's like a. You know, you get, you get blood once and then and then you go to the doctor's office and they take blood and it's like, all right, you got a you got a twofer here, you know, whether whether you got any any PSA or not. So you know that's good. Dude, so much of this thrill is preventable. Oh yeah. So when a guy like Ryan Sandberg comes out, and I thought about it because you know, if you put yourself in that in those shoes or situation, you're like, well, you know, do you you want people knowing about it and it's not yeah no, know, I get and, it. and then if you do why well it. number one you know look the thoughts the prayers the good vibes the energy the people pulling for you that helps and that matters but most importantly if you ask me is by ryan sandberg coming out and saying yo i have prostate cancer like that then bells off to right. Cubs fans everywhere to baseball fans everywhere oh yeah. shit man let, yeah. let me make sure I go and get checked. Yeah. And yeah. my dad had prostate cancer thrill. So I, you know, I obviously you like this shit runs in the genes. So I need to. Right. Start checking. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're still a young guy. And the, the one thing that you really have going for you is how, you know, energetic and athletic you are. I mean, you never stop. I mean, you are just, wired but as you move forward and get older yeah. you're definitely going to have to do it anyway just period i'm just telling you that right now yeah so, I, I think it's yeah. just it's nice to just get it part of the the routine and the process of hey look you know at once a year this time of year i go in whatever so i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna definitely listen to that and if you're listening to this by the way if you're live with us on no filter network welcome and uh Thank you guys for joining. I haven't even opened the chat room tonight. Hey, by the way, by the way, since you even brought it up right there, chat, okay? Um, Peter Kinney brought it up earlier, uh, but big battle-born Mike and uh, his bro-man, Jason, they put on a big feed over there for uh, University of Nevada baseball team. And Hunter Pence came into town and was the celebrity guest in uh, – Everybody was giving Hunter props on, uh, on what kind of a cool dude he was and all that sort of stuff. So you and I have talked about Hunter in the past, and and 
he's a little quirky and all that kind of shit, but deep down inside, he's a freaking great dude. And uh, I know that uh, Battleborn and Jason put a huge barbecue on their ass, and uh, I hope it benefited the team really well. Yeah, Battleborn Mike actually sent me a pic of the three of them. Yeah, and matter of fact, he sent me Pence's contact info. He says he wants to keep in touch. I said, oh, yeah, I bet that meathead wants to keep in touch. He is great, man. I, I just yeah. saw Hunter. I just saw Hunter, too. By the way, I, he was on the show. He filled in for you a couple weeks ago when you couldn't make it. Had okay. him on. He, yeah, he fucking killed it. You know, Hunter. I, he's, hey, you know what? I love I love Hunter. I mean, Hunter is that outgoing personality. Um, he's uh, – He's got definite more positivity than than I have. I'm, I mean, I'm more just freaking balls to the wall, you know, pin years back. And uh, he's uh, he's all about the the positivity. So I love I love Hunter. He brings a great energy to everything he does, and uh, I'm glad he did a good job on No Filter. And I'm glad he did a good job for uh, Mike and Jason and those guys. Absolutely, dude. All right, so. Josh Hader, the big-time reliever for, I mean, multiple teams. That, yeah, know, Brewers for a while and then Padres, Padres last year, last few years. So, he signs a $100 million deal, basically, with the Houston Astros. Then, you had Araldis Chapman sign a one-year $10 million deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Are they that much different? No. Right? Yeah. But here's here's my question. All right? I get the Araldus Chapman signing. I don't get the hater signing because look at Houston and who they got in their pen. They got that freaking Abreu dude, and then they got the other dude that just comes out of there throwing 98, 99. I'm like – and haters supposed to be the closer? I'm like, oof, they're going to have three closers on the same team. So Chapman's 35 years old. And, you know, age matters. He's 35, supposedly. <laughs> oh, yeah. He we might be know. 45. You never know. Uh, Josh Hader is, let's see, more bio info. 29. So they're buying probably some of his best years. Yeah. Uh, a career war of 11.7. Dude, he was two and three with a 1.28 ERA, 56 innings pitch, 85 strikeouts. His whip, though, 1.01. And that I imagine that came from the walks. But it's just, it's just really fucking hard to get a hit off this guy. Yeah, no, no, it probably came from the walks. You're right. I got a big question. Fire. So Josh Hader signs with the Houston Astros and James Paxton, the Southpaw former Mariner. Mariner, uh, yeah. Dude, the guy, he's floated around, but the guy's left handed and he's nasty. He's got great stuff. He's got great stuff. The Dodgers sign him on a one-year deal. If you look at the past, 
almost 10 years now. Let's, you know, call it like eight. The two best teams in baseball have been the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, there's only been a combined three world championships between the two, the Dodgers in the shortened 2020 season. And then, obviously, Astros, what was it, 2017? Yeah, whatever, yeah. And then again in 2021 or 2022, I think 2021. So, with those, actually, it wasn't 2020, it was 2022 because it was Dusty Baker. With those World Series championships, like, hey, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. But more importantly, I'll say more importantly, what they've done during the regular season has been fucking dominant. And it reminds me of a team that you played against all the time, the Atlanta Braves, who went 13 consecutive seasons of winning their division. So my question to you is this. Can you be a dynasty if you're winning the division and winning 90 to 105 games every year, yet you're not winning the World Series or multiple World Series? Now, in the Dodgers' case, they have one, the 2021. In the Astros' case, they have two. What team... If either one of those teams, would you classify as a dynasty? Or do they not get that title because they just haven't won enough? That's a great question. Um, The one thing that I'm going to tell you about the the Braves, all right? They made it, what, 13, 14 years in a row? Is that that what they did? Yeah. And they won one one World Series title, right? Okay. When... I was in St. Louis, okay? We were getting ready to have the playoffs with the Braves in 2000. And Tony LaRusa called me in the office, and he's like, hey, I want you to run uh, the meeting today. And I said, why? He goes, because you kill the Braves. And I go, okay. And he goes, we're not going to do it on just the hitters. We're going to do it on pitchers too. And I go, okay. So we literally had a whole team meeting in the middle of the clubhouse. And I told him, I said, look, I said, you know, these guys got their freaking history of 13 or 14, you know, straight wins or whatever. I said, but when it comes to the playoffs, they never, ever step it up a notch. I said, we're going to step it up a notch and we're going to kick their ass. And that's all I got to say. And everybody looked at me. I said, these these son of a guns, I said, they're going to be thinking it's a regular season game and they're going to be nice and meek and mild. And I said, and we're going to stomp them. And we wound up sweeping the Braves that year. So, you know, yes, unbelievable the number of players that came through there, the talent that came through there, the dominant regular seasons, the winning of the, of the, the, the divisional championships – but they couldn't win the big game. They won it one time, one freaking time. And so, you know, the Dodgers, I mean, they've been they've been hammering everybody lately. But then they run a little short here and there. Um, Houston has been doing a better job of it. But 
I don't think that you can term a dynasty unless you put the nail in the coffin a lot. I'm talking about four or five. You know, you're talking about like the Yankees, 98, you know, 2000, all that. What about the Giants? Three World Series in five years. Is that a Yes, I would have said yes back then, for sure. I mean, the Buster Posey, Bumgarner, Pablo, Lincecum, Kane era, for sure. I mean, you win three in five years. Come on. Are the Dodgers currently a dynasty? The Dodgers are currently a dynasty as far as winning the division, but they haven't put the big one in the bank more than once. And they need to do that. Should and that's why be- that's why they're spending the freaking cash they're spending right now. Should there be an asterisk by their 2020 World Championship in the shortened season? Yeah. Anybody, <laughs> anybody can get anybody can get hot for what, what was the season? Three months, four months? Anybody can get hot. It's it's staying hot for a full year. Yeah. And and you know, hey, look. You know, that's like, uh, you know, asterisks on a lot of other people. So, okay, so this brings let's, up. Let's switch, let's switch gears one second. No, I, switch... all right, go ahead. Wow. Okay, yeah. follow me here, though. All right, because, because I'll be here, and then you can I'm, follow me. Go ahead. I'm doing. I'm doing a really good job hosting this show right now because it's one segue to the next. <laughs> the Angels. Anthony Rendon has officially complained that the MLB season is too long. And an ex-Nationals teammate, that's Jonathan Papelbon, he said he, quote, hates baseball. Now, the irony in all this is that Rendon has never played more than 60 games in a season since signing the lavish contract he got with the Angels. <laughs> he said, Ray, I want you to hear his quote so we know exactly what he said, right? He's fired at me. He says, quote, we got to shorten the season, man. There's too many dang games. 162 <laughs> and 185 days or whatever it is. Man, no. We got to shorten this bad boy up. <laughs> Oh my God! How how do you want me to respond to that? Do you want me to respond in a very political manner, or do you want me to just call him out? Oh my I mean, God, dude! I I go ahead and give me your hey, what's, like, what's, do he, you what's he make, what's he making a year? What's he making a year? A fuck ton of money. A fuck ton of money. Yeah. Oh, Thrill, are you still there? Has just flat out just gone out there, played 162. Now your little wussy ass is complaining. Man up and go out there and earn the freaking money that they're giving you because they're giving you, as Mr. Eric would say, a fuck ton of money. So Jonathan Papelbon says here that I can definitely confirm this. Played with Rendon and literally hates baseball. Yeah, it's long. Isn't that what you signed up for? Question mark, question mark, question mark. 
just tell the team you want to play half the season and give back half your salary. That's a great, that's a great, I love Pabble Bond, man. He's a Mississippi dude. I love him to death. He and I, he and I talk about once every, every few months. And uh, that's a freaking great way to look at it. Look, hey, you want to be a puss about it? Give away half of your shit and only play half of the games. Here's the thing, though. You just got to look. I, I don't know Rendon at all. I saw him in a club one night. Seemed like a really nice guy. But he's probably a great dude. I, but, dude, you, go you out there and earn your freaking keep, dude. You this can't is, see that. Hey, this when is you that, haven't been when you haven't been posting up once. If you've been posting up one sixty, yeah. time in and time again, yeah. I, then uh, you know what? You have room to talk. You know why? Because it doesn't matter what you say. I'm too busy watching what you're doing, and that's playing baseball. The problem with the comments is that Rendon hasn't been playing, and so you're gonna get pissed off, fucking Angels fans, going, "What the fuck, man?" Yeah, like yeah. we just gave you this huge contract. Yeah, exactly. that shit for us. Yeah, and then and then, <laughs> oh my god, don't don't get me going, don't get me going, dude. Would you? Would dude, you... It, this is like this is like all of these new generation X or whatever this shit. They just want to gimme, 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 gimme. Hey, earn it, motherfucker. You have to earn it. That's the way this shit is made. Al Rosen told me he goes. He goes, when I got the hammer, I'm going to use it. He says, you have to do this three or four years in a row before I'm going to pay you. And then now, the way that they're giving the cash away, and this this bastard has that kind of contract and is going to complain and be a little whiny baby, fuck off. Yeah, don't and ever- you're probably a nice guy, Anthony. Don't get me wrong. You're probably a great dude. But earn your fucking money. There are people in the stands that are paying you a lot of money, and you need to go out there and earn it instead of complaining about it. Because guess what? Everybody that came before you played 162, bitch. Truth. Do not confuse uh, Gen X with Gen Z, though. Gen X was actually my generation. All right, well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. One one of them fucking stupid-ass generations. We're the ones. We're the ones that grew up where our, our parents threw us outside. They locked there the door go. and said, "Come, come back when the sun goes down." I like that. Hey, that was the same way. I was the same freaking way, dude. So, hey, uh, Linda. Linda came up with something. All right. So, so I'm going off topic here. Linda came up and she said, "What was your first car?" All right. I was never one of those guys that had to have a Porsche or Lambo or. Can we hold? Like, can we get? Can we guess? Go ahead, guess. So you're you're saying first car now? Is this in high school or is this when you got to the big leagues? No, no, no. When I when I signed after I signed, because before before I signed, my first car was my uncle's old lime green Camaro. I was gonna say, dude. I pegged you as a fucking Camaro guy. So I had, I went, my first car was when I was a sophomore in college. Mom and dad would not let me have a car before then. Sophomore in college, they got me my uncle's, because he was going to trade it in. And it was a lime green 1974 Camaro. And that bastard would jump out of its skin. I couldn't tell you how many times I almost killed myself. I love it. 
Okay. But that, that was the first one. All right. So now I sign a pro contract. What do you think I buy? Oh, man. I'm really wanting to think you bought like a new, you know what? Fuck it. Ford Bronco Eddie Bauer edition. Damn close. I bought a Chevy S10 Blazer. Yes. Nice job, dude. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Because that little uh, little five on the floor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A little five on the floor. And then I had that. I don't know. Josh is Josh is in the uh, chat room. What did I have that for, Josh? Three or four years? I don't know. Somewhere around there. And then I said, ah, hell with it. And so I said, I need something big. And that's when I gave it back to my parents. And my sister drove it. And my little brother drove it. I bought a Suburban. And I've had a Chevy Suburban ever since. You were ahead of your time, right? Because that now, even now, with the luxurious cars and shit, like, you could have all the money in the world. I, I actually was a, at a place this past weekend, Chileno Bay in Mexico, where... Uh, they basically Good, big Mike. these people have just just all the fuck you money they want and you'd be surprised it like it's a lot of the, a, a, a lot of the cars and stuff yeah are relatively bought it's just wow. like dual suburbans teslas like it's not yeah. it's yeah. not as showy as it used to be unless you go to newport beach and that is a, <laughs> a little bit of a different so, animal so now check this out all right so so I got the Suburbans, you know, I mean, because, you know, I pile of hunting shit in there. I had the dogs in there, all that sort of stuff. Well, then here come the kids, right? And, you know, if we got to take a trip, whatever, you know, Lisa and I would pack up the truck bigger than shit. And, uh, you know, then she's like, we need to get something bigger. <laughs> and I looked at her, I go, the only thing bigger is called an 18-wheeler. I said, you're not getting one of those. I said, you got to stop bringing so much shit with us. So, Jay is on here. He wants you to tell the T-top story, man. Oh, my God. What's the T-top story? Oh, my God. How the hell did you bring that up, you dumbass, Josh? I love it. So, anyway, so um, I set up this one of my buddies. I was driving a 280ZX. I had got it from a dealership doing, you know, one of those deals that you do just during the season, you know? Yeah. They and get it um, so I gave him like the keys to the car. He, he had been up there. He had been partying with this little girl. And I said, I said, look, I'll see you back at the house. So at, back at the house, uh, oh, 280ZX has the T-tops, you know, where you hit the handles and you, you can take the tops off and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, they, they pull into the driveway and, and she jumps out and said, it's his fault. And, and he goes, no, it's her fault. And I'm like, what, what the hell is going on? Well, evidently, they haul an ass down 101. And uh, my buddy who's had a few beers looks at her. She's got a – she's uh, voluptuous, shall we say. And uh, he said, hey, baby, how about taking your top off? And she went, sure, no problem. She went, Stunk, and she hit one of the latches and the top went, boom. On 101 and a freaking 18 wheel runs right over the top of the 280 ZX, right? 
And I am, they're freaking telling me the story, and I'm howling laughing. I'm howling laughing, right? So the next day, I get back to Candlestick, and I go up to one of the security dudes, and I'm like, hey, uh, had a vandal throw a brick in through my wind, my, my T-top. I said, can you write me a report? So he write me a report, and I wrote, I wrote it off on insurance, even though my, my buddy's trying to get laid. So you're telling me that your boy was bringing a girl home. Yeah. And she she had some big old titties. Yeah. He wanted to, he, he, yeah, he wanted to see us. So he's like, how about taking the top off? And she goes, yeah, sure. And unlatches the top of the fucking car. And it goes flying down the 101. You can't make this shit up, dude. Bro, you really can't. Josh, That's I'm going to kill you. That's one of the greatest you. stories I'm I've ever heard. The question, the next question, though, is, I mean, did she go ahead and finally take the top off? <laughs> I would, if if I had to uh, be a betting man, because uh, there's probably more to this story that I'm not telling you, that would be a Yes. So I used to go back and forth between UCLA and the Bay Area, obviously, when I went to school there. And Brian Seidensall, huge Thrill fan, huge Giants fan his whole life. My roommate at UCLA, you know, one of my best friends since we were in kindergarten, we would ride on the Highway 5, and obviously it's really boring. So we just had, like, a permanent sign that we would hold up against the window that said, show us your tits. <laughs> I mean, every girl you pass, huh? It would just be up there. And sometimes we would forget that the sign's even there. And next thing you know, here's some chick with a big old knock. It's just, Son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck yeah. She said, I'm going to take care of these two little meat ends. Oh, man. Oh, God. That's funny. Uh, dude, that's I'm funny. T- I can't believe Tara's not on here. I'm going to tell her this story as soon as I go downstairs. Oh, God. Please do. Please that's do. That's so good. That's hey, so good. Hey, there, there, are, there are so many idiotic stories. I mean, and then, and then you know, you and I talk about it. That was like the uh, Jennifer Montana story, you know, about walking the car across the parking lot and stuff. There's so many stupid stories that just one leads into the next that leads into the next. I told I, I told you the Kevin Mitchell Boogie Bear Rottweiler story, didn't I? No, but you told me that Kevin Mitchell having to cut his leather suit off. Yeah. Because he, had, right. to take, he had to take a shit. All right. So <clears throat> Kevin Mitchell, right? I love him to death. He shows up. Every... <laughs> In the three and a half years I played with him, I don't know, he had 40, like, different vehicles. He'd buy a new vehicle every few weeks. And uh, so anyway, so he shows up with a brand spanking new Porsche 911 Carrera ragtop. And he's got these two little Rottweiler puppies. And so he tries to bring them in the clubhouse, and security won't let him in the clubhouse. And so he has the brilliant idea, I'm going to chain them to the steering wheel. And so we go play the game, and then after the game, we come out, and I walk out in the parking lot, and I just had to stand there and start laughing. I mean, there was foam everywhere in the parking lot. 
They ate the steering wheel. They ate the radio. They ate the <laughs> egg pop. They ate all the seats. And these two little bass, they ate the steering wheel and got loose. And the two little basses are still chained up and they're running around in circles through the parking lot. And I'm just freaking howling, laughing. And I, I walk up to Boogie Bear. I told him what was going on. And he came outside and he's like, damn. And I'm like, dude, you got to get rid of the puppies. I said, you can't deal with these puppies, right? So now you fast forward about two weeks, right? And we go to San Diego, which is where Boogie Bear's from. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, he shows up at the ballpark and, dude, he is drenching wet from head to toe. And I look at him, I go, what's the story now? He goes, well, you know, I bought a yacht. <laughs> and I go, what? He goes, I bought a yacht. And I go, okay. And he says, it has a flying bridge. And I go, oh, Jesus. So for anybody that doesn't know what a flying bridge is, it means you can drive it down low or you can drive it like up high. And I don't know how, but he was out in the ocean in San Diego cruising around on his new yacht. And I don't know whether he was going from the top to the bottom or the bottom to the top. And him and Doofus 1 and 2, Rottweiler 1 and 2, get tangled up. And pew, out he goes. Well, then the two stupid-ass dogs go pew, pew. So they jump out the boat, too. Now they got the three of them bastards bobbing for apples. And there goes the freaking boat in the ocean. No. Swear to God. And somebody saw the whole shit going on. Went back there, got Kevin and the dogs, went and chased the boat down and all that sort of stuff. And I, he's telling me a story. And once again, I'm howling, laughing. And I go, dude, I told you, first off, get rid of the dogs. I already told you that. I said, and second off, I said, quit telling me stories like this because I'm going to tell everybody. Bro, I mean, th those are stories that need to be shared. That's those are those are those why are why we experience when, when it, I right? do when I do public speaking, those are the stories that pop up. Well, I, how's Boogie Bear doing, man? I know he had that neck thing and yeah, no, no, he's doing much better. Matter of fact, he and I just uh we talk a lot. He just had a birthday, believe it or not. He just he just turned 59, um, or 60, might have been, I don't know. And um he and I, he and I talked, and I mean, we're tighter now than we were when we were playing. I mean, it's amazing, but he's got a little atrophy in his calf, and he's been doing some uh, some uh, PT for that. It's getting better. Uh, he loves to play golf, and so that's what's kind of holding him back. Is he wants to get his calf fixed so that he can he can play golf? And uh, yeah, I mean, Boogie Bear's doing his thing. He's down there in uh, Palm Desert, somewhere down there. I was gonna say San Diego, Southern California, dude. He was what, it, like, you know, I'd never met him, and I met him at your retirement ceremony, and I probably spent a good couple hours, not a, uh, maybe a couple hours is aggressive, but at least thirty minutes to an hour of like one on one, just bullshitting with him, man. I really, He's awesome. really, I, I, I enjoyed him. He's, it's, you know how it can yeah. get sometimes, and sometimes guys are awkward or whatever. And I, that's what I noticed about that crew from the, you know, the late '80s, early '90s that you guys all hung out with. Whether it's, you know, Kruko or, you know, I, I know Boach wasn't 
you know, with that specific crew, but he was around all weekend. He's that era ball player. Fucking Tim Flannery, for example, is another guy throwing there. You guys just, you did Dave Dravecki, who, who was around for a lot of it. I mean, it was, it was just awesome and, and, and really good humans. Yeah. That love the game, that connect, that taught Matt Williams the same way. Just bad motherfuckers, man. Like, it's the best yep. way to put it. And, and yep. there's an old school little bit of a fuck you vibe, you know? That's, yeah, no, no, you're right. You had you're a little right. whatever. But I just, I really, it, it made me feel good. I mean, it made me know that, you know, these are all the guys that I grew up, you know, during my childhood and looked up to. And, you know, when you have a chance to meet them and get to know them as real people, it's pretty cool to see when they're, um, you know, they're, they're representing in, in a positive light and, and, and also just a, a very truthful light, I think, which is the most important thing for me. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, another another great thing, you even brought it up, you know, and, and, you know, Jason put it on there right now, Robbie. I mean, all of us went in that boat. There was never, there was never a time. I, and I don't remember, I mean, period, where if somebody said we're going to the hotel bar, it was a fucking team meeting. I'm talking about 20, 22 dudes down there having beers, cocktails, you know? I mean, it was it was, it was was like this, you know? And, you know, you're talking about Matt Williams, and the reason that I'm bringing this up is because, believe it or not, this afternoon, I, I got to go back through my phone. Bob Melvin gave me a call today. Wanted to know when I was coming to spring training. Wanted, wanted to know when I was coming to, you know, the regular season. And, you know, when you talk to Bob, and I also have had two conversations with Matt Williams. When you talk to them, and they're not going to come out and say it because they, they can't do a no-filter network. But they're, in reading between the lines, they're bringing back that fuck you attitude. And I am so looking forward to seeing their leadership and how it affects this team. Because I can tell you one thing, Bob wants me around a lot. He told me, he said, I want you there as much as you can be. I want you in spring training. I want you there during the season, all that stuff. And he says, I want you to be you. And if he's giving me the freaking green light, I'm going to, I'm going to come down on some of these little fucking pansy bastards. And we're yeah. going to get that fuck you back. Yeah, but that's a point, man. That's why if I'm the Giants, if I'm Farhan even, I want you around. Because life is yin and yang. It's checks and balances. And so when you go so far this way, you got to make sure you got someone to pull you back towards the middle. It's like yeah. politics too, yeah. right? You no, go no. so far extreme one, one way, then you're going to get so far extreme the other way, and somehow we fucking have found ourselves in that situation. Yeah. No, and, and look, look, I mean, you look at you look at some of the teams that you're talking about, not only from the Giants, all right, that got a little F you to them, but look at like and, and you guys can go and search YouTube and, and do a Wally Backman YouTube video. I mean, the so Mets good. were like that. They had a big F you to them. And yeah. you know, all of the teams back then had a little swagger. And they were like, they poked their chests out and they walk around like that. And dude, that's the way it was. If you did not have that, you got your ass kicked. And 
I mean, that's that's what we went back to with the Braves. Yeah. I mean, they, they would hammer your ass during a regular season, but then they would miss the nice guys going through the playoffs and we'd get their fucking dick handed to them. So hang with them. Yeah, going back on Melvin for a second, I can tell you because I played for him, the, I could honestly say he's the best manager I ever played for. And, you know, I, I played for, I feel like, a, a lot of really good managers and to say best or whatever, like, I, I it's I, I say that in a sense because he was the first one that really communicated. He was the first one that would let me know exactly what he was thinking and you know he didn't want to keep me in a box he wanted to open up the fucking cage and let me run and the first thing he told me when i got to arizona was steal every fucking time you get on base i had a huge success rate in Oakland, and his only fault with that was that I didn't run enough. And he's like, dude, run, just run. Then I stole 25 out of 26 in 2006. And he goes, fucking run more. And I'm like, all right. And then I, that's when I stole 50 in 2007 and hit 20. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, and, and the thing is he recognizes there's there's two things that are happening here. I'm turning Eric's aggressiveness into a positive for us. Plus, on top of that, now because Eric knows what he's doing, he's a veteran, I'm trusting him, and then everybody's going to follow suit. So now yeah. you have other people that you are directly affecting behind you. Now people are coming up and they're hitting with runs in scoring position. I want to hit with runs in scoring position. I don't want to hit with nobody on or a man at first, you know? No. So anyway, uh, dude, I got to go Seven fifteen. My daughter's downstairs. She got school tomorrow. Promise the fam. Uh, I'd be down for supper. Um, dude, one great, thing, great, great show tonight, man. Yeah. One Please. thing before you go, first off, freaking great show again. This is a freaking two weeks in a row. We nail this shit. Um, you made a video on no filter about the top 11 baseball movies. Yes, yes. We didn't we didn't get to it tonight. We ran out of time. Dude, let's get to, next, let's get to, let's you want to get into it or you want to you want to save no, it? No, 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 no. We'll do it next week. We'll do it next week. Okay. You get you got to go be with your daughter, all right? We'll get into your top 11 uh baseball movies and everybody in the chat room, we're going to we're going to have you guys sounding off cuz we we'll want your feedback too because right. uh I got a, I got a few changes in the list, and I, I exact. That's exactly it. I want your list. I want it. What yo? One, one to eleven. You can take it one to twenty if you want. I actually, I took mine to fifteen. One to eleven is only what we posted just for. I got it. Not I got it. Too yeah. long, yeah. but yeah. dude, you'd be surprised. You got to leave out a lot of really good fucking movies, man. Right, dude. Like, dude, dude, it was, it was, it was amazing. I mean, you know. I was going through it, and and I can remember some of the movies that I had to watch, you know, with Trey being a baseball fan and stuff like that, like, you know, The Sandlot and shit like that, and it, it wasn't on it, and I'm like, damn, that was actually a pretty good little kitty movie, you know? So anyway, so we get, look, that's that's for next show. We're going to love life. Um, I think this show was freaking awesome. 
I mean, we covered everything. Uh, we, we definitely visited the, the Hall of Fame pretty hard for another show in a row. That's two shows. Uh, Ryan Sandberg, good luck, my man. Best of luck to you. Um, and then, look, we, we, we had some fun telling stories, acting stupid. And, uh, man, you look hot, dude. You look hot. Tara ought to be, Tara ought to be loving a little life right now. I can't wait, man. I, I, she, has, she has no idea I'm even wearing this. And she's not in the chat, so I imagine she's not on the show. Hey, listen, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, thank you very much. Please tell a friend, have them subscribe to the podcast, Deuces Wild. Uh, we like to come on here, obviously. Bullshit. Look, we're not. We, t- we tell things the way we see them. And it doesn't mean our opinion's the end-all, be-all, whatever. We're not necessarily trying to offend anybody. We like to keep it light. We like to keep it truthful. If you could give a five-star review if you're feeling generous, thank you. If you want to come join us live, it's every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific. Excuse me, 6 p.m. Pacific. 6 p.m. Pacific, Jack. 8 p.m. Will the thrill time out there in backcountry, no butt fuck nowhere, Louisiana. Nine o'clock on the East Coast if you're keeping tabs on Tuesday. So we're we're pretty regular with it, man. I'd say at least three out of the four weeks of the month we 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 hit a show. So uh, and again, if you tell a friend you want to join in the chat, you know what? Maybe next week, thrill for the movie edition. We can actually uh, let a few people on in the uh, in the the not queue. Yeah, we I think, done that. We I think that's that great. We hadn't done that. We hadn't done that in a while. And like I said, you know, I want everybody in the chat room to sound off. I mean, you know, freaking tell us, tell us what you think. Tell us what you think the best. Because I can tell you right, one thing right now. When I pick my movies in whatever order I pick it, I have certain specific reasons. I'm gonna let you know. I love it. All right, everyone have a fantastic week. We will and run. as usual with our normal send-off. See ya!